Welcome back to the latest episode of the Security Sprint, the first Security Sprint of 2024. This is the security podcast where we go beyond the headlines and talk about the security and risk news and bring about a different perspective, as well as talk about some of the news or events that you may have missed. There's a lot out there. We know that. We want to try to bring that to you. So this is a sprint. So the way it works is my esteemed colleague, Andy, and I go through a couple rounds of topics, and then we do some quick hits at the end. So with that, I want to welcome in the only person who's not seen either Barbie or Oppenheimer, <laughs> Andy Jabor. Andy, Happy New Year. Hope you had a great holidays. How are you? I'm good. Happy New Year, Dave. Excited to be back on the Security Sprint. An exciting week as we kicked off our new podcast this week, back to Sprint this week. We've got Nerd Out coming. We've got a great gifting interview coming. So good to be back in the groove. An exciting start here for 2024. That's right, Andy. And I'd love to deal or spend a little bit more time with you, but no, I'm not. This is a sprint we've got a lot to get through. Andy, we're going to be probably pretty physically, physical security heavy today. So we're going to, you know, we'll try to stick with the two rounds, but we've got a lot of topics within this opening part that we may just go right to the quick hits. But Andy, I want to start off after we took a break, our little end of the year hiatus, there was an incident in uh, Prague, Czechoslovakia, or uh, uh, the Czech Republic. I was going to say Czechoslovakia, but yeah. that's my old Cold War days. In the Czech Republic, in Prague, there was a school shooting uh, that occurred. 14 people were killed, and the individual who carried out the attack also killed themselves, um, as sometimes they do. Um, I do want to just cover a couple areas on this because I know a lot of people have talked about it. I think there's a couple really important parts to 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 talk through on this. Is is um, the police were tipped off about the suspect. They had received a tip saying the suspect was traveling from his hometown to Prague, intending to take his own life. So the police were already aware somebody had identified or seen something or talked about something and had already taken um, the appropriate precautions and reported that like we all want them to do. Um, and then the officials started doing looking to research they, they identified that this individual uh was at school within that area so the uh, uh, police had notified the school they had uh taken or, or started to lock down some parts of it or evacuate some parts of the building and doing all the right things unfortunately uh the suspected sh this shooter then started to um take action in other parts of the facility again 14 people were killed, a college campus or, or a location like this, hard to control access around, really challenging situation, really tough environment. But again, it speaks to a couple different things. One, you know, this idea that these things don't happen outside of the United States because of these types of mass shootings. These things can occur in many different places. Schools continue to be and remain to be a uh, just a viable target as anywhere else. And it is speaking to access controls as well as reporting. While all the right things were done, these incidents still can occur. And we want to make sure that individuals are pro properly responding to incidents and making sure that they're doing the right thing, but then also have those incident response procedures set up. Andy, there's a lot to cover on that. I, I probably didn't do it as much justice. Any thoughts on that Prague shooting from uh, early uh, or late December? Yeah, not not the shooting itself, Dave. I think as we touched on these other physical security incidents, I think it's just it's just one of, of many types of challenges we have as we start the new year. You mentioned access control, you know, limited security resources. There's a problem for for both real violence as, as they experienced it in Prague and for swatting attempts and hoaxes, which are also causing a lot of grief. And we'll talk about a little bit more about that. So I'll, I'll save some comments sort of 
tying some of that together, I think, as we continue through just a, a series of challenges right now on the physical security front. Yeah, and speaking of uh, some of those, uh, again, another school shooting, this one within the United States in Iowa. Uh, this was uh, just, just this week, um, or I'm sorry, last week, where a 17-year-old opened fire at a small town Iowa high school before classes resumed on the first day back from winter break, killing a sixth grader and then wounding five others. He then also took that that the threat actor also took their own life as well. Uh, there was a couple, obviously, in retrospective, uh, or looking back at it, the individual did post some suspicious things to their online social media accounts. Uh, so there's some activity in and around that. But again, again, highlight some of these physical security challenges. Everybody's coming back to school. Everyone wants to share about what they did over the winter break. And you have a threat incident automatically right off the bat. So another school shooting, Andy, uh, another very unfortunate event. And unfortunately, one individual was killed in that process. Any thoughts on that school shooting, Andy, as well? You know, well, there it looks like the attacker, you know, did publish some things on social media right before. It looks like he might have reached out on a you know, Discord server prior to. You know, the investigation continues. You know, one has to wonder if those indicators of potential violence were there, if somebody could have intervened in some way to prevent this from having happened. We just don't know that today. But, you know, it reminds us of the importance of understanding those mobilization indicators, suspicious behavior indicators, and being able to properly respond to them when we see it, which is, again, just a complex challenge in and of itself. Yeah, a absolutely. And Andy, I want to call out with these events, and, and we're going to talk about another event here, another uh, a bombing event as well. But I want to take this opportunity to call out, uh, CISA recently published a personal security considerations action guide. This is for critical infrastructure workers, but let's be real, Andy, this applies just about to any type of uh, industry or organization. It goes through, it's, it speaks in today's current threat environment, remaining vigilant and taking responsibility for your personal security. Security is crucial for all critical infrastructure workers, both on and off the job. And it goes in to talk about assessing the appropriate level of protection. It talks about physical security, not only just at your work, but also protecting your home. It talks about firearms attacks, fire as a weapon. You talk about arson or accidental uh, fire incidents, uh, improvised explosive devices, protests and demonstrations. And Andy, most importantly, I think it really does talk about situational awareness and making sure that employees you, you know, or individuals, it's really important to, to be situationally aware of what's going in with you in and around the workplace, whether that be at your personal life or on the work uh, on the job, you know, maintain your situational awareness and, and staying alert and aware to all those factors and considerations going around. I often say, Andy, that individuals are trying to tell you something. The question is, is whether you're you're actively listening. And I know people want to go and do their job and they put their head down and just let mind their own business. But I, I don't think, Andy, in this current environment, we can do that any longer. We really need to be identifying those suspicious activities, identifying when somebody may be struggling and maybe trying to reach out and, and then engage that person. The, the U.S. Secret Service last year released a mass attacks in public spaces report. They spoke to this exactly. Early engagement and intervention is often one of the best cases for uh, uh, reducing the risk here. So I just want to do highlight that CISA article or that CISA publication. We'll put that in the show notes, but also uh, that, that situational awareness. Andy, thoughts? Yeah, it's just on that resource. It really is a great resource. Well done. There's maybe one or two things that could have been included that there weren't, but you know, it's, it's a clever resource. And like you said, Dave, it's, it's geared towards critical infrastructure. That's CISA's focus. 
but also more broadly applicable to other communities. You know, one that jumped out to us immediately was, you know, faith-based leaders and security personnel as well. Though we hope that uh, President Biden will include the, the community of faith in his update uh, with his national security memorandum when that comes out. Just the guidance this is really good and practical for leaders to be thinking about their personal family security as they are out and about, especially those high-risk individuals in your organizations, maybe some VIPs, maybe some folks getting some additional attention for one reason or another, maybe they've been outspoken on some of the recent issues, political events, whatever it is. You're not a bad resource for individuals and security leaders who are trying to protect those individuals to refer to. So we'll definitely include that link. Good call. I'm glad you mentioned that. Thank you, Sissa, for putting that together. Didn't know yeah. that one was coming, and it was good to see. Yeah, uh, just before I turn the baton over to you, Andy, CISA has actually done a several different products on this. Uh, they also do a cybersecurity uh, one as well. Very valuable to look into. Again, cannot promote the products and resources that they provide enough. Uh, check those out for sure. So, Andy, I covered a couple things there. Where do you want to go with uh, some of your topics here? I want to stay in the realm of physical security because I think that it's just so topical and an unfortunate but important way to start out the year looking at some of what's going on around us. And so we mentioned that there's been the real incidents, the very real, two real incidents that you mentioned with the school shootings domestically and abroad. I wanna look at sort of bomb threats and bombing incidents domestically and abroad as well. So it just sort of talks to the complex tapestry that we have to, and I think part of what we have to understand with all of this is, yes, there's real attacks, which can be complicated, not always, but it's also become increasingly easy to make false threats, which still require sometimes a pretty significant security response. And that's a challenge in and of itself, especially as they occur repeatedly. So I want to start there. We've seen hoax, bomb threats, swatting attempts around the country. We've seen that with, with uh, individuals relating to some of the ongoing court proceedings around U.S. politics, a number of swatting attempts there, um, other politicians as well. But really want to look at the, the series of, of hoaxes around faith-based organizations and a number of state capitals last week, Connecticut, Georgia, Hawaii, Kentucky, Maine, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Montana, and others all had bomb threats called in. And I was talking with a government colleague who was sort of shaking his head and thinking, you know, like there has to be a way to manage this in a more resource conscious manner, but it's a really hard challenge, right? As, as, as faith-based organizations, churches, mosques, synagogues, especially synagogues are getting barraged with, with these bomb threats and, and, Instinctively, we know they're almost certainly false, but procedurally, we have to respond like they're serious every time because we can't neglect it and then it is real and, and something tragic happens. And this is a complex challenge for organizations, for security leaders, because it does take a lot of their resources and time and brings in their law enforcement partners and it sort of numbs us sometimes to the real threat, which heaven forbid somebody doesn't take it seriously and something serious occurs. So we'll share links for the bomb threats being called in the state capitals, uh, some of the links related to the uh, the, the, the attempts for uh, faith-based organizations and the swatting incidents. I think it's important to understand all of those, encourage folks to check this out in more detail. But just as there's false uh, threats, there's also some very real incidents. And so in Argentina, we saw the three suspects were arrested, uh, individuals, three men from Lebanon and Syria, who are uh, allegedly planning a terrorist attack um, around a, a high visibility event, the Pan American Maccabea Games. I'm not sure I pronounced that correctly, forgive me, but it brings together a lot of Jewish athletes there in Argentina, and it was being targeted for a potential terrorist event. Meanwhile, in Iran, I think a lot of people saw the catastrophic bombings claimed by the Islamic State. Both US and Iranian intelligence have, have said, we believe it was the Islamic State, killing almost 100 individuals at a, at a high level funeral event. 
interesting in a dynamic sense, right? The Islamic State attacking Iran, Iran turning around and, and you know, threatening retaliation against the U.S. and Israel, kind of confusing there. But interesting to see that playing out, you know, and interesting to see how Iran may react to what is probably a threat that manifested itself across the Iranian border in neighboring Afghanistan. So that'll be interesting to watch. But again, planned terrorist event, serious terrorist incident, hoax bomb threats, We've got to take all of these threats seriously, and it shows just how easy some of these things can happen and the tragedy can come out of them. So you know, we're looking at school shootings, we're looking at bomb threats, we're looking at bomb reality. It, it's a complicated environment for security leaders right now, especially those that own and operate facilities or have personnel, not just in the U.S., but also internationally. Yeah, Andy, great points. And again, this is a, a time, unfortunately, you don't we don't get the rest in the security field. Yeah. We don't get to sit there and, and take that holiday and, and, you know, reset. These are the times, these are the opportunities, though, that we have to take that that plan off the shelf. We have to dust it off. We have to relook at it. We have to rehearse it if necessary. We have to review it. And again, we have to get out of the mindset of, oh, it's not going to happen here. We have to consider that likelihood of it happening for sure. That's part of your risk mitigation. But that doesn't, I don't think there's any threat that we can completely discount in this day and age, Andy, because wherever it happens, there's somebody taking notes of it and somebody determining if it can apply to their situation. Andy, I, I will say, you know, we've seen some incidents on the faith-based side where individuals have been like observed taking notes or video surveillance of facilities, uh, you know, churches or mosques and whatnot. These are individuals, you know, if you're familiar with our hostile events attack cycle and you go to gate15.global, you can download the white paper there. If you're familiar with the hostile events attack cycle, the, you know, there are individuals who are constantly looking and assessing for viable targets out there. And it's our goal as security professionals to make ourselves as hardened as possible and to give that, you know, give that, appearance of a strong secure outward security and that means looking at all of those areas and considering you know you know determining where we need to go and, and what we need to do um so good so good points in there andy david yeah, i'd like to add to that too because i think you, you bring up really important ideas about you know awareness understanding threats love the hostile events attack cycle obviously but look as we're recording this on monday january 8th this weekend the council on american islamic relations care is, is with partners putting together a very large solidarity event for things going on in Gaza, in, in Washington, D.C. at the National Mall's plan for Saturday at 1 p.m. Given the heightened tensions right now, given the almost certain certainty of, of counter demonstrators or others that are gonna come and object in one way or another, given the location of Washington, D.C., and given some of the recent events around the community domestically, internationally, whether you're attending as, a, as an attendee who wants to go and show your support or oppose whatever it is that you wanna do, or if you're an event planner, security has to be a priority. And now certainly, you know, DC is gonna have law enforcement personnel and responders around this type of event, but at an individual level, it just takes out one threat actor to make this completely bonkers, right? A completely wild event and some kind of tragedy, whether, whether it's, you know, a knife, a bombing, a shooting, a vehicle ramming, any number of threats can manifest themselves around events like this. And this is a high visibility one, you know, the nation's capital expected very large mass gathering, but these types of events are happening all over the country, internationally, maybe not as big. It's really important that we think about the potential threats. And again, at a personal level, not just, not just organization, but individually, if I'm gonna be out at one of these events or even just near one of these events, right? Know what's going on around you, be prepared for potential uh, you know, threats, maintain a personal level of vigilance, protect yourselves and those that you're with, 
and then the broader context again security leaders if you've got facilities around these events right it might not be happening at your venue it might not be happening on your street but if it's happening near you you've got to think about the potential security implications of what could happen and what to do if something goes wrong again i always go back to now 10 years ago the boston marathon bombing and the way that shut down facilities offices around the entire area right so there's a cascading effect of something tragic like this happens we've got to keep these things in mind heaven forbid you hope nothing happens this weekend right not expecting it to but the potential is always there and security leaders individuals attending events need to think of that all the time right something could go wrong how do i protect myself my people my facility those around me i think it's really important to think through that dave Man, we're coming in hot in early 2024. We are, we are, <laughs> this is what happens when we don't pod for two weeks, Andy. This is, we got a lot, of, a lot of stuff to get into. Andy, I want to kind of bleed off of that comment in, in what's happening this weekend, because starting next week, Andy, is the uh, unofficial or unofficial official kickoff of the 2024 election uh, cycle with the Iowa caucuses. Uh, we've seen a lot of stuff uh, over the weekend, obviously, was the third year anniversary of January 6th, uh, the insurrection activity on the uh, U.S. Capitol and the de uh, the election deniers that still somehow miraculously under I have no idea, still continues today, Andy. But we 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 kick off into the 2024 uh, pre U.S. presidential cycle. It is bound to be contentious. It is bound to be a lot of high uh, t tensions in certain areas uh, around certain candidates. I think it's really prudent that we understand that just not just from a physical, th you know, external what's happening outside the organization, but also what's happening inside the organization. Many organizations have very clear statements on political affiliations and what is acceptable or not acceptable in the work place. If you don't, now's a good chance to, to get that up and running and just really solidify those areas uh, and make sure what what is very clear in that front. So, Annie, I just wanted to call out the U.S. election that is, that is about ready to get into high gear, if it hasn't already. Um, and we got a lot, uh, lot to look forward to in 2024. We, we did. We mentioned swatting attacks. It's already happened. Right? We're already seeing that occur around uh, you know, court personnel, politicians. Look, as, as politicians are crisscrossing Iowa and New Hampshire and, and soon South Carolina and Las Vegas and elsewhere, they bring threats with them, right? right. These lone actors can, can see these opportunities to cause violence, mischief, mayhem. And there's a lot of people that are still angry about, you know, other political events, recent events, you know, recent survey that came out last week by the University of Maryland. A quarter of Americans still believe that the FBI instigated the, the January 6th riots, you know, despite, for example, Vice President Pence saying that's not what happened, right? But there's still a portion of the population that believes that 452 individuals have been charged with assaulting law enforcement officers on January 6th, you know, so it's, it's still a significant event, but there's still a lot of anger around it from all sides, from all sides. And that can manifest itself into violent extremism from all sides in all corners, right? And we, anybody could use a political event, a gathering for violence. So again, as you go out to a rally to support your favorite candidate, as you go to a political event, just to caucus, right? The potential for threats has to be top of mind for both event planners and individuals attending the event. There's just, I don't think we can emphasize that enough here as we start out the new year, I know it's exhausting to think, you know, I've got to be vigilant all the time. It's difficult. You got to be. You got, you got to be aware of your surroundings, aware of the potential threats, protect yourself and your people, again, in your places. And it's not just individuals, it's organizations around these events. We got to be thinking about it, David. It's, it's important to call that out. I'm glad you mentioned that now because it's only going to get more challenging as the year continues.
Yeah, I definitely agree. So, Andy, that wrapped up the main threads I wanted to cover. Kind of bled in round one and two there. Any other topics, main topics you have before we get into the quick hits? Dave, if I had them, I don't think we've got time for them. So, things quick, quick time. <laughs> we are in a we are in a sprint. We are sprinting, Andy. We are sprinting. Okay, Andy, we're going to get into quick hits. And as you know, if you're any new listeners, I am belovedly known as the weatherman. Look, if you're on the East Coast this week, uh, over the last week, uh, you saw the significant storm that came in. You saw the snow on the fields of Foxborough uh, Stadium or Gillette Stadium, whatever they want to call it up there. We saw the impact on football games. There's going to be more impact on football games this coming week. Andy, I was in Charlotte. We got a lot of rain. We're going to get a lot of rain the rest of this week. It's going to be messy at times. Point being... Everyone, this is a very, you know, January, February timeframe is a lot of big time for uh, winter weather advisories and winter weather uh, forecasts. So we got to be on our guard. Make sure that you've got the right materials and resources available, not just within uh, your organization, but as individuals out there, making sure that your car has got all the right uh, all the right stuff taken care of. You've got your first aid kit. You've got all your right flashers in your car. At home, you've got the right setup in, in place and everything. AndyReady.org is a great resource to go to for both business-related and personal-related areas. So I strongly encourage you to go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, but that's my weatherman approach for the day, Andy, for the week. Where are you going with your quick hits? Dave, you're going to your sweet spot there with weather. I'm glad you brought that up. A great way to start off the sprint, the uh, quick hits today. I'm going to go back to one of my favorite spots and let folks know that we've got a ransomware resilience best practices webinar coming up on Thursday this week. Our friends at TribalNet are hosting it. It's a, a follow-on to a workshop we did back in September. It's an abbreviated. It's going to be a fast and furious one hour, I can tell you. We're going to go through government guidance, best practices, as well as some other tips and, and recommendations for ransomware preparation and response. I think it'll be a useful uh, webinar, a useful hour of your time. You can see the link. It's uh, 1 p.m. on January 11th, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and with the link there, Dave, I'm going to share just a bunch of recent ransomware updates. Look, severe weather's not going away. Physical security threats aren't going away. And God knows ransomware's not going away. So um, along with that, Dave, can I talk about a couple other things that aren't going away? Oh, Andy, the floor is yours. Take it hey, away. Hey, we are in year four of COVID-19. So let's just process that for a minute there, right? So year four, and there's another uh, strong variant going around. JN1 is going around right now. I think probably everybody at this point knows somebody who's hit, gotten hit with COVID this season. A lot of folks getting hit with COVID and the flu at the same time. Uh, current vaccination updates, I think people are down it's somewhere around 17 to 19% of US population is currently you know, vaccinated with the most recent booster. So COVID's spreading. And right now it's not causing, you know, horrible hospitalizations for the most part. But again, if you're a high risk person, you know, you've got to be aware of these things. If you're managing facilities, you got to think about what you might need to do to prepare for these things. We're, we're back in the middle of it as far as, you know, these seasonal threats, which COVID is looking more and more like right now, but not another strain. COVID and the flu aren't going away. Neither international threats, you know, on the heels of a uh, studying here in the United States, uh, going missing, uh, later being found, found out he was being subject to a hoax to try and get money. Uh, the FBI released a, a public service announcement titled Chinese Police Imposters Incorporate Aggressive Tactics to Target U.S.-Based Chinese Community. It's happening. It, it just happened. The PSA followed a recent incident. Worth checking out if you're, uh, if you're of Chinese descent or if you are a school or business and you might be hosting uh, Chinese individuals, you know, visiting or staying or learning or working. Something to think about. You know, that can cause a lot of chaos and potentially lead to actual harm 
and violence. Uh, last, just an interesting item, Dave, I won't get into it. Ukraine says Russia hacked web cameras to spy on targets in Kiev. Very interesting article, very interesting story. Uh, similar things could certainly be used here domestically uh, by foreign adversaries. Interesting article worth checking out. Dave, that was a lot. Thank you for your patience. I'll give the ball back to you. Yeah, actually, you keyed something important here, Andy, that I just remembered. Cyber uh, cyber kidnapping. Uh, yeah. Something very, uh, it, 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 this is a variation of a very tried and true tactic in the past, but this is emerging. We saw a Chinese student or a foreign exchange student who was uh, kidnapped because it forced into things because they felt there's a threat against the family back in China. Similarly, the family in China was being ransomed to provide information on the individual here in the United States. Both entities were safe, but the threat actors uh, made sure that they tried to extort both groups. Cyber kidnapping, keep an eye out for it. It is real, especially with AI, development of AI. Uh, this is becoming a very real threat. We've talked about that in the podcast before, but Andy, I think that's where I'm done. Um, but it's great getting back in touch with you on this podcast, Andy. Me too, Dave. Great way to start out the year. A whole lot we're going to be covering in the next 50 some weeks. If anybody missed it, we did release our top 10 podcasts of the year um, at the end of last year. Really interesting to see which ones we're listening to the most. And Dave, I'm sure these weekly security sprints will be back in the top 10 for 2024. So thanks for hosting them. Thanks for doing it. Happy New Year to you and to all those that are listening. Yeah, for sure. Andy. And, and again, just as a reminder, we did start the new IAVM uh, podcast series. This is published today. Uh, please check those out. Very good information that's in there. Mark Herrera uh, was the guest this week, and, and that'll continue every month. Um, and then we also have the Nerd Out Security Panel discussion. We have the Gate 15 interview, and you get Andy and I on these podcasts all the time. So with that, Andy, I will bid you adieu. Thank you.